This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. This is your host, Sandy Scarlatta, and I am so happy you're here. First of all, I want to thank each and every one of my listeners for all the five-star reviews, and I'm so proud to announce that because of you, Happiness Solved Podcast is now in the top 0.5% globally and growing. We just had our biggest month ever with over 85,000 downloads. So I have a question for you to ponder. Are you reaching your full potential or is something holding you back? I am grateful to announce the launch of the Peak Performance Mindset Academy, where you will discover strategies designed to transform your mindset and shatter your performance ceilings. Envision feeling unstoppable and confident in any professional or personal situation. Don't wait to start living your best life. Text PEAK to 26786 and begin to embrace the power within you. So when you text PEAK to 26786, you will receive access to my new book, Peak Performance Secrets. And as a special gift to you, the first 100 people who download Peak Performance Secrets will receive a three-month trial membership into the Peak Performance Mindset Mastermind at the reduced rate of only $19.95 per month. So don't wait. Text PEAK to 26786. Thank you for listening today. And remember, happiness is a choice and the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. TJ Cummings. Oh my gosh. So excited to see you. We met in Chicago and I wish I could just give you another big hug right now. <laughs> yes, you have great energy and I, I loved uh, everything that you're presenting as far as you know, the podcast and giving, you know, giving everybody a better understanding of what that was about. That was, it was great. Very entertaining. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was kind of a last minute thing being put up on stage, but you know what, it's something that I love to talk about and it's always a great experience to, to, to be thrown into something like that um, in the line of work that I do. So you are a retired professional basketball player and an Olympic mm -hmm. gold medalist. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> you played four seasons with UCLA and you broke a record for the most points scored as a freshman in your first game at Madison Square Garden. Holy moly. What was that like? Just. Uh, well, you let's, know, let's um, talk about Madison Square Garden because you that right there is must have been like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, so like uh, the first night before we uh, we stayed at the W the uh, W Hotel, and um, it was really nice. It was my first experience as a college athlete. So when I came down um, for the team, uh, we have a team dinner before the game goes. So I came downstairs, and I didn't know how things went. I didn't know protocol. I came down with my with my jersey, my tights, my game shorts. My socks, my ankle braces, my shoes on, my my tearaway pants, my shooting shirt, and my shooting jacket on. And I come down, and everybody's like, they just start cracking up as soon as I walk in. But I was ready to play. You know, I was yeah. ready. I was lit up, and I was ready to go. And I thought that's how it was supposed to be done. Um, after that, we go to Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, I walk through the tunnel. 
after we, you know, I was pretty much dressed already, so I didn't have to get dressed in the room. And then we, go, you come out, and it literally, you just see this big, bright floor. The basketball court is just illuminated. It looks like something from a dream. And then the crowd is all dark. Wow. So it was like the spotlights, like, right on the court. And it was like, when I got in there, it was like I couldn't even see the people. It was just like I was so focused on the game. Wow. That's so incredible. All right. So talk about your story and what I'm interested in hearing a little bit from you about is your, your father is also a professional basketball player, Terry Cummings, your Terry Cummings Jr. What was that like for you? And were you old enough to remember him when he was playing in the NBA? Yes, that's a great question. Um, when I was younger, um, I think it was probably around seven to eight where it started to resonate with me what was going on. Um, I always tell people, you know, in my case, you know, living like that, growing up like that, that was all I knew. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was I, I could understand it when people would ask me, you know, uh, other peers and stuff like that. But that was all I knew. You know, I was growing up in man mansions, uh, you know, traveling. Whenever my dad got traded, we got traded. So we went from San Diego. We lived in La Jolla. Then we uh, we went to San Antonio. And then, you know, so I, I had already moved around a lot. Um, but overall, it was just a great experience uh, being around that with my dad. And it, it just pretty much ingrained in me that I want to be a professional basketball player as well. The only reason why I was thinking about that, because I watched on Sunday um, the Wimbledon men's final. Mm -hmm. And Novak Djokovic was there and he's 36 years old. And I was watching his two of his boys in the in the team box and I was talking with my husband and I said, that is so cool because how many professional athletes get to have their kids with them at an age where they're old enough to remember it? Because, you know, I, re I remember looking at one point and, and his son was just sitting there like this with his hands over his head, just like, oh, my, you know, because he was like so nervous for his dad. Oh, wow. But like, you know, that's such a great opportunity for you and and I love that you said that it you know it taught you a lot because how could it not right now was there pressure from your father to play basketball um well there there really was he never that was his thing he was like I want you guys to find basketball and then when you're ready you come and you talk to me um love it. but uh the, the craziest thing you know sidebar uh you know on the same subject me and my father we were we wanted to be in the NBA at the same at the same time. So oh, he, wow. he retired because he had heart issues at an early age, um, right. like around DePaul when he was playing at DePaul, you know, like pretty much throughout his whole career, there was always a, a heart doctor, like very close by, like on the bench to be able to help him out. So to his, uh, on his final season with Golden State, he, I think he had a two year contract with them and he was in his first year. And what happened was he, he became immune to the medication. Oh, and so then geez. they had to install the, the, uh, the uh, defibrillator, uh, defibrillator in his chest. So mm -hmm. that was, a, that, that kind of like, you know, broke that idea. But that was like our whole idea was to be the first father and son in the NBA. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sorry that didn't happen. But hey, you know what? His health is more important. And it's such a strenuous sport that, 
you, you don't want to mess with your heart because you're out there. Mine These guys are moving sentiments. like crazy, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely my sentiments. Because I, I, as soon as that happened, and then you know he came and trained with me a couple times, and you know they were still trying to regulate everything and find out you know how his rates are, and they were they were kind of still tinkering with it. And I saw that he was, you know, in the beginning, he had, a, you know, a little, little problems with it here and there. And I'm like, man, I, I care about you more than any of this other oh, stuff. Like, I don't yeah. want you to do anything strenuous. You know, I'll just take your wisdom and then be the best version of you that I can be the best version of me that I can be most important. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Let's talk about the Olympics because I'm a professional figure skater. And of course, that was my dream to go to the Olympics. I kind of knew early on with figure skating that it wasn't going to happen. Um, I always joke that with figure skating world, it really is like winning the, you know, mega millions lottery because there's just, you know, it's like one person. I mean, at least with basketball, you've got, you know, a, a few, a few dozen every right. year that can possibly get there. Right. Um, but like, so which Olympics was it and how did you, were you selected for that team? Cause I, I forget how with basketball, how that works with the Olympics, because you can be professional and play on the Olympics, right? Yeah, I was actually leaning up because I was looking at the, uh, <laughs> I have a, like a whole setup over here on my wall. Oh, um, okay. It was, it was actually, it was, yeah, so I was going into my, I believe my junior year in high school and it was uh, the junior Olympics. Okay. So we went out there and we were representing uh, the United States of America in Russia. Uh, so this is my first time like leaving to play overseas, but like, you know, throughout my life, I dang near live like the army kid because of my dad and, you know, traveling and stuff like that. So I, I didn't really see it as many, as much, you know what I'm saying? So I ended up going to the Olympic training center out in Colorado where I dealt with that extreme altitude up there. I mean, everybody yes. thought you're in shape when you get there. And it's like, I mean, we, we were over there running and shooting and dunking when we when we left home. We come over here, like, the first day is just like a nightmare. You're just, like, gasping for air. So I remember that. And then um, after that, you know, we got geared up to go to uh, go out to uh, <laughs> mix, mix it together, uh, out to uh, Moscow in Russia. And it was unbelievable. Wow. What an amazing experience. What an amazing experience. So... You went on to um, really just do some amazing things. You played professional basketball for 12 years. How was that for you reacclimating back into, you know, like normal life, especially being the NBA brat, right? You weren't an army brat, NBA brat, I'll call you. And then going in and, and playing for so many years. Like, how was that for you? And any advice you have for other athletes that are struggling to, you know, come to terms with, okay, this is what's next for me. I can't do this forever. I think the biggest transition was from college to the profession. Okay. Um, but I can't, it's kind of like, I can say that about both situations because high school going into college, it's yeah. like, oh man, my day starts at six o'clock in the morning. And then I get back after practice, you know, going to, you know, study sessions, uh, you know, uh, lectures and study hall, like all of these things. By the time I get home, it's like nine o'clock. And then I'm thinking like, what do I do? Like, do I have any time for myself? So I had to assimilate into that. When it came down to going to the pros, it was just like, you know, I wanted to always be in the NBA just like my father did. So when mm -hmm. I didn't get drafted originally coming out of school, it really like, I had to restructure my goals. So that was something that I had to do. And then just really, 
I didn't really have a problem with, with different cultures because of how I was raised. I was raised around like a plethora of different races. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a problem with that, but it was just, you know, sometimes it was a language barrier, but it was like, you know, I, that was one of the first things when I got to overseas or wherever I went playing o- abroad, that was the first thing I did was got a, got a language lesson over there, you know, finding out what the words are, the simple things so you could be able to get along. Yeah. So how did you, how was it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was the feeling like for you when you didn't get drafted into the NBA and, and you had that goal, like how did you come to terms with that? Because that could be very, very difficult for some for some people. It, it definitely uh, it, it affected me, uh, you know, just about because I was in uh, right now, like at that point, you know, a lot of people don't know I was in Westwood and they actually had somebody from Fox Sports that set up a camera. It was just a, you know, a person that was interviewing me. And they just set up the camera, set everything up, and then they got my, they were much, if I did get drafted, you know, they would be trying to, you know, asking me, ask me different questions, interview me about how I feel and where I'm going from there. And literally I'm sitting here with the camera and then my, my wife now, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, we're sitting there watching it and it's just like, Ugh. then it didn't happen and it was just like she was the lady she says her sentiments hey you know i'm sorry i, I hope hope it works out for you in uh. the future you still got all the different camps you know and then she makes her way down and then after that me and my wife got married august 9th so this is after this my, my last school year after four years at ucla and then you know i was just like man okay i have a wife i still have a, a big future ahead of me I'm going to tackle this the best way I know how, and I'm going to go out there and work hard and be the best that I could be. Mm, I love it. And that's that resilience that is going to keep you going forward. So I want to circle back, and this is going to make sense in a second, because your dad said to you, he wanted basketball to find you. And I love Mm. that because for me, at the level that I reached in my sport, figure skating, having a child and I have one, I have one, I know we, we were texting back and forth. I'm like, you have five kids. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> <I've got one." laughs> yeah. And he never really had the drive. And, you know, this is a kid who is very naturally talented from an athletic perspective, but as we all know, um, talent only gets you so far because you have to have, you've got to have the, the mindset between the ears and you have to have that determination in your heart. And if you don't have all of that, it's never going to happen. Exactly. So, so how did, how did, I feel like that advice and the way your father raised you really helped you when it came to keeping, keeping yourself moving forward. Right. Yeah. He would, he would always give me, um, you know, positive, you know, reinforcements at the same time. He would always ensure like, Hey, you're my son, man. You have it in you. And he would always tell me different things, you know, attributes as myself as a basketball player that he didn't have. And he would be like, you know, you're a different player than me. That was something that I really had to, you know, I had to break out of that really early. It was in high school because everybody was all like, oh, you're, T- you're Terry Cummins' son. You're Terry Cummins' son. So I had a big tar- target on my back. I couldn't be like everybody else and be a great player. I had to be greater than them. So, wow. you know, I had that. And he just was like, you know, he taught me. You know, you're you're TJ and I'm Terry. Like that's that's just what it is. And you you create your own identity, your own character, who you are. 
and just be best, the best you can. And then just to answer what you said earlier, because I kind of skewed over it, but okay. you know, the, what I would tell to my, my younger selves, uh, when you, as it pertains to, you know, what it's like and how to endure all the, endure all of this stuff is for one is to pretend like you have a video camera following you all around everywhere you go. Be marketable at all times, work hard, stay focused and be coachable, you know, but also while you're doing all of this, network, meet people that are in, in, involved in fields and things like that, that you are interested in, and then finding out things you can do for your future, you know, because that's what I do in my, uh, in my business to rise to succeed. I want to make it so that they start to figure out what they can do before their career is over or, you know, while it's being, you know, uh, the career is going. So. And I'm so happy that you brought in that because it's a perfect segue because that was next that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you're the CEA and lead mentor at Rise to Succeed, a business that equips athletes and students with skills that can make them successful no matter what. Your online class consists of 10 subjects you wish you knew after college. So it sounds like you're teaching a lot of life skills that we don't learn in school. And I love that. So talk a little bit more about this. So this is no knack on um, the different universities and colleges around the world. I think, you know, what they're doing is specific. Um, but I'm what I what I'm targeting is the idea of people being able to create themselves as entrepreneurs, uh, be able to create businesses. Even if you don't want to be like some kind of a person that's running a business, you can get involved in things like real estate. Um, but just learning all these different things, coupled with the ideas of understanding taxes, which I didn't understand, uh, credit and corporations, which I didn't understand, uh, different ways to invest how to educate people about all the, because I'm not pushing people towards the direction of certain things, but I want to show the whole horizon of all the different ideas that come along with uh, investing. Mm, so that, it. yeah, so that, and, and just like, you know, when I came out of college, originally I, you know, as soon as I married my wife, we went out to, to China and we signed a, a what, a hundred thousand dollar contract right off the bat. And we, we didn't have any kids. And so at this point, like right off the bat, I'm already thinking like, okay, I want to get a business started. I want to get something going. I already had that in my mind. So that's the same uh, mentality that I want to, you know, have all these kids having, but I, <laughs> minus the idea of that, I didn't know what I was doing. And I failed multiple businesses because I wasn't able to be there physically. Um, you know, it's, you have to, it's, it's a more hands-on approach. Um, now it's so, you know, it's so digital and you can have a run an online store and all these things, My, uh, you know, but now it's like, it's different. Back in the day, it's like, if you're not there, things get out of control. So that overall, I just want to make sure that nobody has to go through what I went through and so many other athletes have gone through. But, you know, they make their mistakes and they, they choose to go against what, I, what I'm putting out there. That's on them. But I just want to make sure that they have the opportunity to learn. Mm, I love it. I love that. So what, where can people find out more about these uh, classes that you're offering? So um, right now we just uh, put up a splash page at rise to succeed.com um, where, you know, I want people to get an opportunity because we're new to be able to, you know, experience the class before they would buy. So I've uh, already put out the first, the first pillar, the first subject, which is uh, ma uh, managing your social life which talks about my story and, you know, the things I did, what the things I did well and the things I could have done better. 
just to be able to give a very, you know, good understanding of what we're doing. And at the same time, my dad chimes in at the end. But um, it's 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 definitely great. Uh, so that will lead for them. You know, they just go in, you put in your email. After that, it will uh, we'll send you a, a code to be able to go and view the, ver the first class. And then after that, you can choose to go ahead and take the rest of the class, which I'm this is not like I'm saying you should try. I, I, I'm telling people this is what you need. Um, yeah. it's, it's an investment. It's an investment into your life. Um, you know, you you could either go through five years of mis mistakes and different problems and stuff like that, or you can learn right now. So that's what we're coming with. I love it. I love it. And I love because I met you at Power Team International's Rainmaker Summit. We didn't have a chance to do our interview live. So thank you so much. I'm actually kind of glad because it it's it's a little bit this is just going to be a little bit better than those would be anyway. Um, but I love that, you know, and just for the listeners out there, this, the conference that I met TJ at, you know, he put a, a big investment into himself to get there. And so this is somebody who's investing in himself and he's teaching you to invest in yourself as well, because that's how you really get ahead in everything that you're doing in life. It's all about, investing back into the most important person in your life, which is you. And so. Uh, definitely true. That is definitely true. I, like, I think uh, a lot of people take that for granted because, you know, you get in a space, you might think you know on everything that you're doing, but it's like, you want to keep scaling, but you don't want to go like this or you don't right. want to go like that. Right. And, you know, when you, when you learn from people like, like Sandy, um, you know, Bill Walsh, when we went to go see him and all these different uh, people that were presenting, I mean, you're getting a plethora of knowledge, wealth, uh, um, you know, management, understanding. So these are things that we all need. And I'm glad that you you pointed that out because it's something that's really big to be able to invest in your into your future. Oh, I, I tell you, you know, I got my business management degree well after I graduated from high school and I had already owned a couple of successful businesses, but then went back and got my degree. That Rainmaker Summit, I learned more there in those two and a half days than I've learned in the past 30 years of being in corporate America and owning multiple companies. And uh, it was just so invaluable. So. That's wild. That's not, I mean, and, and that's something that I've definitely, I've already told Bill I'm coming. Um, yeah. How was that experience for you to kind of turn it around on you? How, how, um, how many, have you, have you gone there once, twice? So- I went to the Ultimate Wealth Camp back in December in Las Vegas, and I was going there specifically to do live podcasting. And I learned about Rainmaker when I was there. It was like I showed up right at the tail end of it, and I was like, what is this? And why didn't anybody tell me about it? Because I had never heard of it. And um, so I went ahead. It took me a little while. I wasn't sure because... I was wearing one of these stupid little hats, right? Because we all do it at times and I'm no different. Why do I need to take a business course for, for two days? What, 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 come on. What, I've done that. I've been doing this forever. Come on. Like what? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and here's the thing, because you want to learn from people who have done it. And Bill Walsh is someone who has over 30 companies active successful i don't even know the number it's somewhere around there right yeah and you want to learn from somebody who's been there before you and who has done it before you and he's trained thousands of people to be successful the same way that he has been successful and so 
Um, it was really incredible, and I cannot wait for the next one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. He actually said uh, he's going to be out my way soon, so I'm going to check him out when he gets this way. Uh, he's man, he's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, um, he's he's poured into me. You know, you know, just giving what what information right off the top layer that he knows right off the top of his mind. I mean, this guy he's just he's he's a, he's a great person, a great friend to have. Yes, for sure. For sure. TJ, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we finish up? Yeah, I just want people to know, um, I think this pertains to everybody. Um, you know, Rise to Succeed actually pertains to everybody. It's, you know, it's really targeted towards sports, but I mean, it, it goes for everybody. But I just want people to understand that, you know, you, you want to take advantage of your first chance. Um, I always look at things like it's going like this. We're looking linear, like we're trying to go up. Whenever you make us a, a certain choices and decisions in your life it makes you go this way and then you have to find ways to get back here mm. and the biggest thing is you know some people have the opportunity to be able to get more and more and more chances but what you want to do is take advantage of every opportunity that you get and that's one of my the one things that i want to leave you guys with mm. i love that that is so incredible everyone take a look at his website rise to succeed.com or the landing page I think you said you have. And um, just so grateful to have met you in person. Thank you again. And I can't wait to see you in the future at some more of these events and, and to follow you and cheer you on. Thank you so yeah, much, TJ. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, everyone. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care.